Hello, hello. Welcome to Digital Digital Get Down. The best in-sync tribute podcast on the planet. The best not in-sync tribute podcast. Oh, there goes all my material. You never have notes anyway. I'm wearing my Powerline World Tour t-shirt, though. You are. Found in the back of the closet, my best concert t-shirt. I'm wearing a very damp um, t-shirt that I got at TJ Maxx. You're hunting down flies all over the house. I've never seen a more motivated woman in my life. It is not my well it's partially my fault they're in the house the baby leaves the door open a lot when mm. we go out on the porch or the deck this is strong wine you haven't eaten you what have you sniffed it oh <clears throat> you haven't even had any yet it's french i think uh it is it says france around the bottle so Vindy, i assume it's probably from california given the wine it's that from we Bordeaux. drink oh, okay. la belle france francais Oh my god, so what's new with you? Let's catch up. Um, We see each other all day, every day. You work from home and I'm home every day. Hmm. Um, What's new with you? I'm just here to support you. Okay. In this podcast and forevermore. Thanks, babe. (laughs) Cheers to that. Um, I'm on my third glass of wine. You have not started your first yet. That's okay. So we have a plan for this podcast? What's going on? This is episode 99. That's what we were supposed to mention, yeah. This is episode 99. So we don't really have a plan for the 100th episode yet. We're going to work on it. Yeah. We're probably going to take a small interlude from podcasting for a little bit because we've got some family visiting that's going to be happening. Mm-hmm. Um, we have we have a few sketchy ideas for the, the 100th oh, podcast. Sketchy. Oh, yeah. Um, Elizabeth, if you're listening... You'll be getting a phone Friend call, of the show. probably. And not a phone call. Who am I? Uh, we should direct just do message. that. We should just... Randomly like who's who, like, uh, like, who wants to be a millionaire style? Just call them randomly and be like, you're on the podcast. That would be very bad on my phone. I have, like, all of the contacts from, like, my high school phone still. So that would it be, that very would be a sketchy. That would be a sketchy very episode. Very badly. Right? Because I would... Is that um, a game that, like, the kids play? Like, cell phone roulette or address book it's roulette? It's like, the fucking late night shows where they, like, they're, like, give me your phone oh, and I get to text one person yeah. thing. I heard James Corden's, like, in Oof. some hot water. That's shocking. Oh, again? <laughs> um, no, my version of that would be, like, who's the awkwardest person you could find in this? It doesn't uh, sound very fun to play. No, it sounds terrible for everyone involved. Hmm. So, our next episode is episode 100. Man, we'll, we'll how many years did you. it take? I know we always do this math oh, all the time. Um, it was a year we left 2016, Australia. 2016, 2017? 2017. So it's been four years. About 25 episodes a year. That's not terrible. That's not even half the weeks of the year. Thank you. Math. AP calculus over there. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of me. I didn't tell them what you got on the test. You had a communication degree. You didn't do yeah. anything in college. I took one stats class and I fucking rocked it. I took a stats class too and it was miserable. I would fail and get the highest fucking grade in the stats. class. It's like, hey, let's spend eight weeks teaching you how to play cards and how to yeah, count cards. Dice. I guess it's probably one of the Heads more applicable concepts in Not the way I learned it. high school math. Hmm. I didn't take it in high school. I took it in college. Okay. I took Calc and, Calc and high school, not stats. You took yeah. both? No, they did Ugh. They did some stats in, you know, how many suits have a, in a deck, all that kind of crap. Sure, I believe you. Oh, my God. So this is episode 99. That was a good show. Let's, Let's get wrap this it up. episode first. What do you have coming up? You've had one sip of wine. <laughs> um, 
Are we doing any good news? Yeah, I was just looking for my news. Um, I can kick off. I only have one news. I, oh, and I beat you. I got two. I was just going to do an update, though. Wish sure. Dragon on Netflix. Yeah. Very cute movie. It's like Aladdin and Mulan combined into one movie. Mm-hmm. It's like if in Aladdin, instead of the genie, it was Mushu mm-hmm. was giving the wishes. Um, but it was really good. It was really cute. It was like a just dumb Netflix See, we're going to talk about a Netflix movie later on, but you have like... A very oscillating ability to find good Netflix movies. And you always start them, and I never know whether I should pay attention or not. Are we going to dig into the music recording one you watch? Or is that going to get episode 100? That was HBO. That was an HBO original. That was a real movie. No, no. HBO original. Okay. It had real people in it, though. High note? Yes. Bad movie. It wasn't great. It started off okay. And I they... tuned in at the exact right time, you said. Or the exact wrong time. <laughs> you tuned in where everything turned and all the, the like everything started coming together, but it came together in a very bad way. They did not know where to go with the end of Let this Let me movie. summarize the plot that I didn't see. Sure. Woman. Millennial. Yep. 20s. Sure. Wants to be wants to make it in the music biz, not as a performer, but behind the scenes. A little bit like um, Pitch Perfect, where Anna Kendrick just like assumes she can make mashups. I've, I've tried to watch Pitch Perfect. I've never once, like the plot has never once sunk into my brain. So, it, and I think it all begins because to me, Sean Astin and Anna Kendrick. No, the other ben guy Platt. are the same person. Ben Platt. Yes. Very different vibes, though. How old is Ben Platt? In this, in his next new movie. Oh, he's supposed to be like sixteen, even though he's like thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, high note has Dakota Johnson is the main character. Darren than Dakota Fanning. Yes, Dakota Johnson was Fifty Shades of Grey, and oh. that movie that that show we used to watch. Which one? Okay. She was in that show we used to watch with like Shitty Jimmy. Ben and Kate, a guy who looked like Shitty Jimmy. What? We watched it for a little ben while. And Kate? It was like a guy and his sister, and it, we like tried to watch it after we um, Raising Hope finished. What are you talking yes, about? Yes, yes, in yes. In our cable days. Yes, hold on. Okay, I've never seen a yes, television program with yes, Dakota Johnson have. in it. Yes, you have with this guy in it. Yeah, I did not watch that with you. Yes, you did. You absolutely <laughs> did. On the show, a guy and his absolutely sister. Absolutely did. How was that supposed to jog my memory? Like the, 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 she was like type A, and then the brother was like a shit show, and then she had a kid. A sitcom. Yes, his sister, her daughter, who's raising who it was like a kid in it. <sighs> vaguely, vaguely remember. We watched like, like. Like in a our DVR days, maybe a half, maybe it's a one hot second, maybe a warm it's second. It's a twenty thirteen. That little girl was in it. Okay, I think we watched like two episodes. That's what I first knew Dakota, whatever her name is, from. I think I think uh, Fifty Shades is a little bit more well known. Yes, but we never watched Fifty Shades. We watched the show. Not, not that you know. We watched the first season of the show. She looked like that. She seems like she got a nose job since then. You sure it was me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, my other husband. Yes, it was you. Wow, this 
This segment has Dakota just Johnson. devolved. Anyways, this movie, I know, Dakota Johnson, like, is basically like Anna Kendrick from Pitch Perfect, where she's like, I just sit in my room and make mashups. Except in yeah. this... Kind of segues into the movie, movie we're talking about, too. Yes. In this movie, she's like, I'm just an assistant, but I really want to be a producer. And like, She's an assistant to, like, a, a famous an person. aging Beyonce? I don't know yes, who it was supposed Tracy to be. Tracy Ellis Ross. Yeah. Um, and she plays Grace Davis, who's just like... Um, yeah. I'm I not say, cool enough to be Beyonce. I'm more think. like um, Diana Ross or someone like right. that who like was or like Tina Turner. Yeah, if she was still alive. She's not alive. Right? I don't think so. Um, just like a a classic. Yeah, you know, and now she's just kind of gotten old. Doing like the like the, the a part to, of the yeah. part of the whole thing was that like they wanted her to do a Vegas residency because like right. that's where she was that at in her, career, her career that like yeah. that was her target audience. Um, but yeah, it went really off the rails with the 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 boy client slash love interest. She secretly Ice Cube was in it. Yeah, she secretly became a producer, but didn't tell her bosses that at all. Worked with this guy, and you you figured out the twist right away. Yeah, and started producing records for him, and then everything comes together, and Until it her big client needs to have a big show. And needs an opening act. And Miss Dakota's like, well, I'll secretly, for some reason, sign up my half-boyfriend, but not tell him that he's going to open for this, like, really important party? Yeah, and, like, actual famous people are in it. Like, Eddie Izzard is, mm-hmm. like, famous. And Bill Pullman was in it. Ice yeah. Cube. I mean, he, Ice Cube's in a lot of stuff. The script but... needed a rewrite. Yeah, and then at the end, it's like, I don't want to give it away if you want to watch it, but it, it's like somebody with somebody's secret it's love child. Plot, and yeah, yeah, it turns really soap opera where everyone's kind of connected to everyone else, and everything magically comes together in the end for no reason. Oof. So, usually, my hit or miss ones are like, well, that one actually someone recommended to me. Usually the, usually the ones that are not a up, friend of the show end up being better are like, oh, okay, I'll put that on. Yeah. And there's no expectations. Except and for it's that just, reindeer one you did that with. It was like a Christmas one with a talking reindeer. That was the baby's fault. I was trying to put on an animated <laughs> thing for him. And anyways, so I guess we'll we'll do our newses. But gosh, this is gonna connect well to what we're gonna be talking about later on in the episode. Okay. My only news is that Subway Tuna has no tuna. Yeah, you saw the headline and clicked it. You did. Did you ever order a tuna at Subway? No, why would I order fish at a fast food restaurant? Fair question. But it's not fish, so. It's true. It's something else. Yep. That was my only news. I'm literally, <laughs> Subway Tuna has no tuna in it. <laughs> I wrote that down. And didn't All right, anything folks. Else. <laughs> we have no advertisers. I know, it's shocking. Where's your news? I'm slow playing it right now. Oh, okay. Bittersweet news. Roger Federer. Maybe the last time we'll ever talk about this him on this podcast he's basically got to be put down at this point take it out back Merck has just got to put him out of his misery oh his, his wife. wife i was yeah. thinking you were saying angela merkel the the german <laughs> the german um <sighs> chancellor best known by kate mckinnon yeah and then i was like he's not german but he speaks german but he's swiss correct um how are his kids doing have you asked um great twins he's got twins plus another one i think another one Uh, i don't know 
How many kids does Roger Federer have? Siri. Roger Federer's two daughters and two sons are Leo what? Federer, Charlene Federer, Leo, right? Milo Federer, and Leonard Federer. What the Leo? fuck? Second word? Leo? Charlene, Figaro? Milo Federer. Oh, she's saying Federer. Like I thought she was saying Figaro. Leo, Figaro. Charlene, Milo, and Leonard. Um, he very nearly probably. Did you know Merkel was a tennis player? Angela Merkel? No, Merka, his wife. Oh. A former professional tennis player. Yeah, she retired due to a persistent foot injury. They met at the 2000 Summer Olympics. She was a top 100 ranked player. We're boycotting the Olympics for those curious. Yes, that should have been my news. That's my real yeah. news is, is all of the Fuck Subway. racism against black athletes. I was going to say, you did have some rants saved up racism against black athletes in this year's olympics and also like just um sexism against athletes too the combination of racism and sexism because it was That's mostly black you're, yeah you're you're on that side of the argument my side is just i think the whole idea of congregating every literally every nation across yeah. the the world into one place and now doing it in a country under a state of emergency is just an idiotic thing what's like the level higher than a super spreader event yeah a mega spreader mega event spreader um yeah and that just led to a lot of policing of different things too far the woman who wasn't gonna be able to bring her three-month-old who she's breastfeeding for mm-hmm. a month into japan and she wasn't gonna be able to send her breast milk home either because of like the customs issues Good luck to that father yeah and then her partner it was a father and then all of the black women who are being like unfairly prejudiced against whether it's their testosterone levels whether it's for smoking weed in a state where weed is legal mm-hmm. whether it's their swim caps because elite athletes don't need those types of swim caps yeah. just like and then they i mean they already started by banning all black lives matter um paraphernalia, paraphernalia mm-hmm. because it's too political and political protests don't have a place at the olympics so yeah and then they're gonna like supposedly they're gonna like penalize simone biles because she's too good because she's too good mm-hmm. um so just so much um racism and sexism against black women and yeah i will not be supporting them and i also covid wise yeah. even though covid might be arguably more controlled in some of the western nations or some of the more um mm-hmm. wealthier nations uh and it's just ravaging out of control in a lot of the poorer nations of the less built up nations and yeah shouldn't act like it's over just because it's over in certain countries okay i'll continue our sports minute with some good news okay the minnesota twins are having an absolute abysmal year that's your good news very funny um it's not new no but supposedly their one bright spot is a young triple A'er named Jose Miranda. Okay. Playing down the street at the St. Paul Saints. Really? And guess who he is the cousin of? Um, Jose Miranda. Lin-Manuel Miranda. He is. I was going to make a joke about that and then I didn't want to. Yeah. Cool. Is Lin going to come here? It would only make sense and, he, and we have a guest room. I didn't mean here, here, but oh, sure. He won't, Lin, be, he won't be canceled in this house. Lin Manuel Miranda. There's no Lin Manuel means in this house. If you're listening, you are welcome to stay in our guest room. We have plenty of space for your children and your wife and you. There's a whole bathroom Man, down there. He could come on the episode when when I'm gonna tear in the heights apart. He could come onto the podcast for in the heights. Um, 
we'd have to be a little you'd have to be a little nicer about it maybe i have mostly nice things to say that'd be our 100th episode Lynn, correct you're invited yeah, to our 100th elizabeth. episode no offense elizabeth <laughs> you're gonna get bumped if lin-manuel miranda <laughs> calls us up so hmm. uh send us a dm on twitter at dd get down yeah um you that's where the you password? can contest what's the password it's logged in on my phone so that's why you can't get a new phone sure are we going to save our uncharted thoughts till we finish number three? I think so. I mean, the thoughts are the same as all the other ones because it's the same. <laughs> so true. It's the same script. We should just find our last <laughs> plot. We'll just replay just it and, and sit back it. here and drink our wine. Um, I wanted a quick 120-second review of you now that we play board games. How do you feel about Azul? I think... Um... I was really running low on birthday gift ideas, and we were pretty bored, so I was like, let's try one of these, like, hip... I modern like, board I games. had like saved a list of some that yeah. people had recommended. Um, this, there's nothing sadder than googling two-person board games. Well, one-person board games, which is a which is a genre. Good lord. Okay, there's only one thing sadder <laughs> than two-person board game. Um, I would say it's deceptively complicated. No, mm. wait. Deceptively simple. Yeah, I think so. It seems more complicated than it is. I think reading through it, the yeah. first time we tried to play it, we were like, that's too complicated, and we stopped. They said you should watch a YouTube video, which I'm sure probably would have made and more sense. And then once we actually figured it out, we were like, oh, this is actually pretty straightforward. And then it's fun. Like, it gets addictive. It's, like, straightforward yeah. enough that it's fun. I do appreciate that it's fun with two people, but I could also yeah. see how it would be fun with more people. I think some of the other games we have, like, Mealborns is, like, a one that my family always played. It is not fun with two people. No. You really need like a bigger group of people to play Unless that. Unless you speak French. So but I, if Lin-Manuel comes, we could play all those with three people. Whatever he wants to play. Yeah. We will order whatever board game he would like us to play. All right. We will teach except him for 45. Fucking, except for Catan. We will. Or what's the other terrible? Risk. We fucking will risk. We will break the Northeastern rule and no we will teach him 45s. No we will teach him how to play 45s. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, I liked it. It was like kind of addicting because there's a decent amount of chance, but also some skill. And yeah. it was like you wanted to play another round to see how it would go, and you could like. But we will never identify as board game people. Promise no, me. Definitely not. Okay. I like playing board games on occasion with people, but there all there's also just a lot of weird pressure around board games. Well, because you're a competitive person yeah that's awkward and like i feel like whenever you go to a party with the board games it's awkward because there's always like one person who just wants to start the game and one person who's just there to socialize and finding that balance of like when do you actually start the game yeah and how much of it is just a hangout and how much of it is a game like this is really good social critique right now stresses me out so i think if we were to do it it would have to be like a regular thing where we invited like our other couple friend that lives here J and N. They're real. Yeah. yeah. We would invite I don't know why we're using a code name. We're like some <laughs> people's names this whole time. Um like we would have to like have like every Friday they came over and we played a board game. Oh god, that sounds is the only way it would be like less stressful for me. Like trying to have board game nights, like that's no. It, whenever we've gone, it's not been fun either. Okay. No offense, Jake, if you're listening. <laughs> um Is there anything else we were gonna talk about? I think we're ready for the commercial commercial break. All right, so this is where you ask me how 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 far along we are with the book. Did its redesign coming? When's our like launch date? Estimated launch date? Um, I was still I would say mid August. Still, we're on okay. track for. 
I'm having to rewrite the code for importing from the site that shall not be named, GR. which is like my least favorite code to write because mm. it just annoys me. Sure. But I'll get it done. Um, And then it's time to work on the mobile site and someday a mobile app. Would you get it done faster if people were to sign up and or donate? Money would make me go faster, yeah. <laughs> I would pay less attention to my day job and work on that more. I thought you were going to say less attention to your child and your wife. Hmm. No. Priorities. Okay. Um, so book digits, B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S dot com. If you haven't um, already heard us say that a thousand times in this podcast. Uh, how are you doing on your book digits goal on a personal level? Very poorly. <laughs> we I'm about to embark on the challenge to read a 500 page book, which is only going to make things worse. Because I'm expecting it to take like four weeks. Got it. And I'm at 50 books a year, which is about a book a week. So I'm going to be three more books behind. Mm, and your whole, like, how long it takes you to read a book stat is going to be Well, the skewed. best thing about book digits, though, is that you can change your goal even on December 30th. Oh, I thought you were going to say that. We don't judge you. You can lie about when you started a book. That as well. <laughs> we're all about the statistics, but we're totally happy if you fake them. I am four books ahead of schedule. Oh, my God. I've read 43 books out of this, my goal of 75. How many A's do you have this year? I have two A's. It's been a really rough reading year. I was having a really rough year, and then last month, I had, like, three A's last month. So, last month kind of saved me so far. Mm. I have it should be on your 12 A's. Good Lord. Um, do you want to know full A's, though? No, I didn't. No, I don't give a shit. For, well, for me... A full A is really where it's at. An A minus is like, I really liked this book. A full A. But you may have bumped it up for another reason. A full A is really where I'm at. So I've had... So for you, an A minus, we know that your grading is like a little bit harsher than me. Yeah. So for you, an A minus is like anything in an A is good. It's a really good book, but it didn't have like some super special thing that hooked me. For me, like A minus is like, this was a solid book. I really enjoyed reading it. It was put together well. I finished it. I'm like, yeah, A minus. A is where I'm like this book and then A plus is like this is a new favorite of mine I need to own it yeah so I have no A pluses so far mm. I have four A's my four A's are The Revolution of Bertie Randolph a YA book that I read from my school library mm. um, Honey Girl which I literally bought for a friend of mine and I cried a lot when I read it and then that's her entire two review last week last month I mean Crown Chasers a like YA sci-fi one which has not always been doing it for me and this one was just excellent and then between perfect and real which I'm currently making you read we're hopefully going to talk about that on the podcast so I'll save my my comments for it so I have four A's this year I have A's and A pluses from books I've reread the last full A I gave to a book was no that's a reread as well was I'll give you the sun in 2018 wow I have not given something something new an A or an A plus since Illuminae, and then I'll give you the sun. I'm on a three year reading slump. I think I'm pretty close to my average. So last year I had eight full A's, mm -hmm. and this we're about halfway through the year, and I've given four full A's. So I seem to be pretty on track. I'm sure this segment was riveting. It's probably pretty good. It's like halfway through the year, and we normally talk about our reading That's year. That's true. At the end. It's like your mid year review. There you go. Um, I'm currently reading a lot of books that I'm not actually currently reading. I'm struggling with that this year. That's weird. I forgot to even mark the actual one I'm reading right now. I have like in a little bit of a fight with the library app versus my Kindle. Uh, I keep I keep 
going in airplane mode on the Kindle when I don't finish a book in time for the loan. But to then not I not pay for books. It requires a no. lot of bureaucracy. It does. Um, so my goal is that I need to finish the one, maybe two books on my Kindle so that I can sync it before we go visit our family so that I can have them on the Kindle and not have to worry about Correct. getting new ones. And, and the nice thing about our library app now is that I don't like most of it, but the nice thing is you can delay a hold without totally losing your place. Yeah. So I feel like I will probably have to do that. Um, it's just delay the holds until we get back. If cool I have like story, a Hansel. Oh, you need to fix this one. There's no cover. We'll fix it. All right. I guess we better talk about books then. Yeah, we better jump into our book and then we'll make it like a full circle episode when we go back around to our movie. Man, this podcast. So professionally done. Um, what book are we doing? Starfish. Right, so this is one that I made you read. You did. Um, you. Who's Dave? <laughs> what are you doing? God. Well, that's awkward. What's Dave? Dave.com? Banking information? Babe, you are getting spammed up the wazoo right now. That's like my good email address, though. I don't give that shit out to just anybody. I definitely didn't give it to Dave. Um, we are going to read... We are going to talk about Starfish. Do you know what the author's name is? Definitely not. It's a woman. I'm very close to having it up who can get it first i think it's gonna be me lisa phipps i do remember that from the cover actually i would not have come it up came out in march of this year so as it's her debut it appears. as the people know probably i have a a bookstagram account not that active not that famous we do but technically sure so it's a book digits bookstagram B-double- account okay. i've kind of taken it over for myself at book digits b-double-o-k-d-i-g-i-t-s.com on instagram and I get a lot of my book recommendations from there. And a lot of them are not great. Um, but there are certain people that I trust that I will like usually I'm take theirs. Like Crown Chasers, Ellen from from Bookstagram recommended to me. And that was really How good. How do you suss out all the reviews that are just like, I should like this book, so I'm going to tell you it's great. Versus, like, I got this book for free. Let me tell you how great it is. Oh my like, gosh. Yeah. So that's why I've started to, to... I either have to see it a lot. Hashtag no advice needed. <laughs> Stop. I either have to see it a lot on Bookstagram and like see multiple different reviews or just like something clicks where someone is like, it has this trope that I, you know, that I mm. like or something. Or it's from like a few certain people that I'm actually people trust on Bookstagram. People review books on a photo sharing website? It, which is now a video sharing website. It's been a lot of drama. That mm-hmm. should have been my other bad news is that Instagram is focusing on video uh, content and they're trying to compete with TikTok, even though they're like really the only popular photo sharing app. So why don't they stay in your lane? Stay in your lane. I know you have Welcome a to the software industry that, so. where you constantly just rebuild and build for the sake of it. Just rebuilding the wheel every day, all day. Yeah. Is that what it's? Reinventing. Reinventing. Yeah, sometimes you mix your You know I struggle. Yeah. Learning a second language and then learning a different, like, dialect of English when we were in Australia broke my brain. I just can't do... I can't do metaphor anymore. Aji-baji. Aji-baji. It's like shooting fish in a barrel. That's a normal phrase. No, what's the the one in Australia? No idea. Oh, kettle. A different kettle of fish. Yeah. That's a different kettle of fish. Why would you put fish in a kettle? gross your tea would so taste you like trusted fish. 
This one I saw, mm. and I, I saw it a couple different places, and I was like, this seems like a cute YA one. I read it during the school year because it came out in March, so that's probably why I saw it. It's like it was a new release. I think this is middle grade. So it is middle grade. You just called it YA. Oh, yeah. You, as you learned at the bookstore yesterday, YA, teen, and middle grade are all different things. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Um, it's a middle grade. And I was like, this it seems like a short, quick one. It's in verse, which like will never live up to Elizabeth Acevedo and I'm just gonna have to accept that you know, I'm never kind, gonna reach that high. That's one of my big negatives about this book is that I'm never gonna reach yeah, the high of, of the poet. X again. Um, but this one was it, was, it was a quick read. I gave it a B plus. It's true. It was um, I struggled with this one because I feel like a lot of novels in verse feel a little bit like they're like missing parts of the story or skipping over parts of the story and i did feel like that about this like they oversimplified it a little bit to put it in verse see i almost felt the opposite about this one like i remember the poet x i was so mesmerized by how like she did describe full scenes but with these scattered fragments kind of in this book it was like she just didn't feel like writing complete senses the way it came off to me and so it was just like i'm gonna write fragments because it makes it move much faster maybe that's what i mean i think we're both saying the same thing i wrote yeah. it feel felt a little bit incomplete yeah like it felt like it could have been a better story had it been written a little bit or at least had sections of it that were in prose versus verse mm. um do you want to give the summary do you want me to give the summary um i can give the summary mostly i wanted you to read this one because i know you are sometimes interested in reading about like fat phobia and diet culture and things like that because this of some true. of your previous My issues history. your history and yeah. a, a book project that i'm working on now correct which this was a good a good thing to read to think about what i want to do and not do when it comes to some of you know to uh blending some of my own personal history into writing so the protagonist here is named ellie she is overweight in middle school i believe um and her best friend moves away near the beginning of the book yes she has a lot of mommy issues in particular her yes. mom is the parent who is kind of fat shaming and the diet culture one and all this mm -hmm. kind of stuff so you have lots of lots of negative vibes there the dad is supportive but obviously kind of caught in the middle um, you have a therapy storyline, which I think is probably one of the the better better parts of this book. Yep. Uh, you know, in terms of going to the therapist to talk about all things, but body image and weight as well. Yeah. You have the new neighbor who moves in. Mm-hmm. Um, which mostly just exists as a foil to her family. There's not a ton right. of substance to that. Yeah, it's it's definitely like just kind of a cardboard stand-in almost, but there's a few nice moments. A foil with, is the right word in terms of. Yeah. They only really use it as a plot device to show the opposite of her Correct. family. Correct. Um. So yeah, I don't I don't really remember what the actual day-to-day -day plot is. It's just kind of surviving school, really, is her goal. Yeah, and trying to come to terms with a little bit of like. Is there something wrong with her or is there something wrong with society mm -hmm. and like how to balance the two of those like she knows that it's not okay that people bully her but she still kind of has like some internalized like fat phobia and internalized self-hatred about her body and she kind of vacillates between being like screw you mom this is the body i'm in 
and feeling like, should I be changing something or doing something differently? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I don't know, some of it was relatable. I think when we grew up, there was so much diet culture, Weight Watchers and mm-hmm. the South Beach diet mm-hmm. and Atkins. Atkins diet and all of that. And I think both of us had moms that were very susceptible to that. Mm-hmm. I think... I think my mom did a pretty good job of not like spreading that to the rest of the family. Like I was aware of her being on these diets and things, Mm -hmm. but I never felt pressure for me to go on them or like she would still cook us normal dinners. And like, it was really just like her lunches and her breakfast and stuff that she would make substitutions. So my mom was very much not like the mom in this story. Like the mom in this story is the opposite and is very overbearing and kind of pushes all these diets onto her daughter in a very, uh, in a very like misguided way yeah. of trying to help her daughter's health and self-esteem in yeah. a really fucked up way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the stuff with the mom, I think you mentioned it the other day when we were kind of prepping a little bit was the mom was almost a little bit too much of a villain. She was. And then like, there's a lot of other scenes involving just kind of randoms out in the Austin, Texas area. I think where because it is a middle grade like all of the every character has to be either very good or very bad yeah and it's like this poor girl everyone she encounters whether it's a teacher whether it's a bully at school whether it's someone on the bus they're all they all like point and be like wow look at that whale and now i was i was large for a good number of years and i certainly have a few moments that stand out when people either treated me differently either laughed either pointed or something but those events are, are scattered and for the most part i think people keep their judgments to themselves even if they exist in my own head if i'm you know picturing what they're thinking or saying about me behind my back but in this book everything is very like hitting you over the head that like fat people do not fit in in this town yeah and this girl's gonna suffer trauma every hour of every day because of her weight is this the book where they drop kick her dog I don't think so. I believe that's called Anchorman in the movie, the Ron Burgundy story. <laughs> happens in a different book I read this year, and I can't find it, and I was getting <laughs> confused with this book. There was a book that I read this year where she's, like, kind of Instagram famous, and did I dream this? She's kind of Instagram famous, and she loses, like, her cat. Or her dog and, like, the bullies, like, what the f- Did I dream this? The bullies, like, take... You're cut off from the line, babe. No! It was Moxie. A show? Did they dropkick her dog in that show? I don't... It was a movie and I don't think so. There was one that I watched where, like, she's kind of lonely, but she has a famous cat and she doesn't want... The fuck She doesn't want people... Just Google dropkick cat. She doesn't want people to realize who she is and the bullies at her school take her cat and like threaten to drop kick her cat yeah that's called a nightmare babe oh this is a real book that i read and i can't find it now this podcast is one for the hall of fame i read it this year Maybe you just thought it was year. a film you have no idea i got confused with the book but I, i'm with the movie but i'm pretty sure oh my god Um, that was not this book? I'm almost positive. <laughs> I think she does have a pet, but I don't remember any pet violence. The voting booth? Was it that one? 
hold on, hold on, hold on. It's not going to be in the synopsis. The voting booth. She, she had a missing cat. Okay. Thank you for that segue. Um, but yeah, like the, the, the I I was I was thinking of it because the villains were like very one dimensional. I feel like I've read a lot of YA because of you recommending me stuff, but only in the last few months have I been like, wow, they like really hit you over the head of, with these things so that young readers are like, oh, I understand right from wrong. I struggle with middle grade with that because I often feel like, uh, with I did with this book, that the conclusion is too rushed. Yeah. Because I think they just want to get to like the, like, finished with it for younger readers. Similar thoughts to a felt love story, which we may or may not talk about on the podcast, but it was written at, like a middle grade novel, but it was taking place in high school. Mm. Which now is my new thing. I've like swung the other way when before I was like, these YA books have too much sex and drugs and rock and roll in them. Now when it's just like, hi, we're going to class and life is a little hard, but we're doing fine. I'm like, that's not what fucking high school is like. Yeah. Well, that's what was high school is like for me, I think. Sure. But um, there's no sex or drugs or rock and roll for me. And maybe a little bit of rock and we roll. We played the doors in band. Yeah. <laughs> Counts as, I don't think a marching band version counts as rock and roll. ACDC, we did that's that the time. opposite of rock and roll. Um, rock Lobster. <laughs> it's in the name. Rock. Um, Come on, baby. So I thought there were some good aspects of this book. Like you said, the therapy part was good. Mm-hmm. I think um, just in general, like the, the kind of journey that the main character takes, I really liked. Um, it's, a, it's a really interesting dilemma for a person to be in both in real life and in fiction because it's like you have two paths you can either try to change your image and like hate yourself forever right or you can try to accept it and they're really kind of mutually exclusive like i don't feel like you can be hardcore into dieting while also accepting your own body image because that's you're you're not you're saying i don't accept this i'm going to change it right so i think that was an interesting struggle that was kind of at the center of the story was like do i accept what society is telling me that my body is not okay as is and i need to change it or do i just be happy with myself and get kind of a thicker skin and say God. fuck off to the bullies all the skinny bitches and in the heights just wait lynn just wait <laughs> you thought you were getting canceled because you forgot the dominicans owned and ran Washington Heights. Heights. Yeah. You're telling me there's no obese people in Washington Heights, Lynn? Good yeah. lord. We'll get there. Um, I happened to read almost back to back another book about a fat protagonist. Interesting. Um, we're also watching Shrill right now. We're going to talk about that sometime. I wish we were talking about that. That's been... Um, the only TV show I've enjoyed. Yeah. So I really liked um, Dickinson and Shrill have been like in the last year the only things I've enjoyed. Yeah. No Ted Lasso? Yeah, Ted Lasso. <laughs> you just don't want to like Ted Lasso because you don't want to admit that I was right about Ted Lasso. That's everything you said there was factual. Um, the other one that I read that was similar to this that was more YA um, was it called Here the Whole Time. It's a Brazilian book, hmm. and it is about a fat kid lives in Brazil lives in Brazil with a single mom, and his <laughs> neighbor who he has a cru- who he's had a crush on forever. Um, 
stays with him for like spring break. There are two weeks of spring break because this neighbor's parents like go away. And it's a very like, I don't want to say like a bottle episode, but more mm-hmm. of like a very intimate kind of story where it's yeah. like, it takes place like with like two people, very few side characters, like sure. one setting essentially, like their house aside from a few places they go out over a course of like a very limited time span. So it's kind of like a micro story. Like it's a very small world in the story. Um, but it was just really well done. And a lot of it was um, just a lot of introspect introspectivity. That's the word I'm trying to think That's of. That's too many syllables, I think. Introspection. <laughs> I think we're getting worse here. A lot of it was just like the main character, just his own internal thoughts and struggles with mm-hmm. similar thing of like, is this guy going to like me because I'm fat? Mm-hmm. Do I need to hide my fatness? Do I need to accept my fatness? Is he not going to be attracted to me because I'm fat? Do I look stupid wearing this because I'm fat? And a lot of it was just his own, like, internal hatred of, like, am I not lovable or not worthy of love because of how I look? Yeah. So it was almost like the next step up from Right, there's not much of a love interest or anything in this. So in this one, like, the mom is very supportive and very kind and, like, Mm -hmm. he's, like, best friends with his mom, kind of. So you have him who has the really supportive mom in terms of his sexuality and growing up and everything, Mm -hmm. but that can't really help, like, him feeling self-conscious about the way he looks. And then the love interest is the opposite, and he's, like, conventionally attractive, but his mom hates that he's gay and is really negative towards him so you kind of realize like everyone has their own demons and their own shit that they're dealing with that's making them self-conscious so just because yours might be a little bit more outward that you're self-conscious about your appearance this other kid is just as self-conscious but just about a different aspect of himself cool so if this one was too middle grady for you yeah this next one up is like more ya and more gay okay and i don't know it just felt a little different like the fact that it was a brazilian author and took place in brazil was like even though it was a pretty like contained story it still felt like just a little bit different perspective from like the american ones that we mm-hmm. always read about okay so enjoyed it it's called here the whole time it looks like this got it we thought this podcast was gonna be too short why don't we always i think we should wrap up yeah i think i think when when i read the author notes at the end of starfish definitely the author put a lot of I think her own, I don't know about her own history, but at least her own emotion into this book. Yep. Which is true for every book. I sound like a fucking idiot right now, but... um, No, but, like, she put a lot of her own experiences and stuff that she's personally struggled with. Like, she put a lot of her own personal demons into this book. I think that comes across, I think, as a debut novel that makes a lot of sense. We'll see what she comes up with next. Sure. And yeah, it did definitely remind me how I, uh, why I struggle with middle grade sometimes because like a lot of it was just really like one dimensional or kind of like surface level things. And I wanted a little bit more depth, like as an adult reader who reads YA and adult books, like I wanted a little bit more depth or a little bit more um, context to some of the things that you're just not going to get in a middle grade verse novel. Yeah. Um, All right, babe. Let's do our second segment. All right. So speaking of middle grade things, this movie that we're going to talk about was recommended by my middle schoolers. Oh, I was wondering what the connection was. Um, One of my favorite middle schoolers who is strange and accepts that she's strange and she's just such a little doll and I love her. Yeah. And she recommended this, this movie. 
She has decent taste and stuff, although she did make us watch, like, Barbie Dreamhouse at lunch one time. Um, so she recommended this. I can see why she recommended it, because it's very meme-heavy, and she's very, like, into TikTok and shit. Yeah. So the movie we're going to talk about is Mitchells vs. Machines mm-hmm. from Netflix. If you have children, you might have already seen this. It was one of, like, the popular new releases in, like, children's so, like- movies. Yeah, I just don't know how on Netflix how you're supposed to like dis- how you know like what's a big release and what's just something they're burying on the third menu. It all just blends together for me. All of my students have seen this one and we're talking about it. So, so the internet decides what's popular and then so. you go off and find for TikTok. it. Man. Without my job, I am not going to know what is what is cool you're gonna anymore. Be, yeah, gosh, yeah, you were really tuned in before that. Um, so this movie is, um, it's a animated movie in kind of an interesting style. It has a lot of, um, weird, like, cutscenes and kind of, like, internet lingo and internet I mean, it's from, like, some of the makers of Into the Spider-Verse, which you definitely, the art is very different here, but you kind of get the same vibes. Yeah. Where, yeah, it's, it's aggressive. It's throwing, like, eight things at you at one time. A lot of big names. Yeah. Um, Abby Jacobson, who was in Broad, Broad City, City. Um, Danny McBride, Blake Griffith, Griffin. He has a speaking role? He's one of the robots. Right. The, the um, two big robots are Beck Bennett, great name, and Fred Armisen. And um, then one of the other robots is Blake Griffin. Did you say my... You really want to emphasize Blake Griffin. You were saying what was he? I was, yeah. Um, you mentioned Olivia, Myra Dolph. Reading it in order, you're no, interrupting I'm on a me. List, I guess. Olivia Coleman, who's in The Crown and in some other things, um, she's kind of like the villain. My Rudolph, Eric Andre. That's all. That's as far as mine goes. Okay. Um, Charlie Nee, she was. We watched her stand up one time. Hmm. Charlie Nee, this little, the little Asian one with the glasses. Yeah. Um, yeah, Beck Bennett, Chrissy Teigen. They're uh, just Conan in that O'Brien, one scene, yeah. The McElroy, whatever. Scenes. John Legend, Jay Farrow. Is she was an old too? So she in the middle. Yeah. Um, I like how Doug the Pug is given a a, bo- a, a credit. Cast. Yeah. So this movie is about this girl who's voiced by Abby Jacobson from Broad City, um, who is going off to college. She's like so excited to go off to college. To, to film school because her like pa- her dad doesn't really support her and it's kind of awkward and she's kind of like um culty famous on the internet for her like really weird kind of dumb youtube videos that she yeah. tries really hard on that star their very ugly pug dog mm-hmm. and sometimes her little brother and she's just kind of strange and she's just excited to go to film school to meet other people who are like the same kind of strange as her right and she's gonna find her tribe yeah uh you're not supposed to say, supposed say that anymore find her group okay um and then instead of flying her dad as a way to try and connect with them with her decides they're going to do a family road trip to drive her from like minnesota or wherever they live yeah to california for film school so instead of flying she's going to have this like family vacation she's going to miss her whole orientation her dad does this like without telling her yeah from a well-meaning but really misguided way and during this road trip the robot apocalypse happens. The Correct. what's it called? Yeah, pal. No, no. What's it called? The singularity. Is that not yeah. the same thing? Yeah. Like the AI takes over. Correct. Um, 
and by some like dumb luck, dumb chance, they I don't end up remember how they survived. They end up being like the last oh, humans no, yeah. that weren't captured. Correct. Um, so basically, like saving humanity ends up being in the hands of this like kind of midwestern hick dysfunctional family nuclear family yeah and uh there's a lot of plot that dragged it down a little bit yeah but um i have to say i think this movie like in terms of the like the mark zuckerberg stand-in that they have like i think that stuff like it's a pretty like concise and cutting critique of the internet and social media and tech entrepreneurs um so that part isn't actually a huge part of the plot like how the robots rise up but there are some very clever bits in there i would say first of all like this movie is funny like you made me like pause it while you went to take a shower because like you were Enjoying like I said it before, enough. I don't know when you turn them on whether it's uh, a watch or a pass. You were laughing really hard. I like okay because when... they got to a scene <laughs> where they do it like a montage of road trip stuff, and I actually haven't done very many road trips with my parents. Not longer road trips, at least. But they capture the vibe of like just how shit can go horribly wrong when parents are trying to do so hard, trying too hard. And, like, that in-between vibe of, like, that, like, begrudging um, love of your family where yeah. you're, like, you're being so annoying, but you're trying so hard and you love me right. so much, but so this I is just ridiculous. So I beat the joke to death, but there's this one very quick cut where they're looking <laughs> down a canyon and Danny McBride, the dad, you know, the camera zooms to him and he goes, oh, great news, I just bought us a seven-hour mule. <laughs> Mule trip up and down the canyon, and and she starts to say, "That seems like seems really steep. This could be bad. What could go wrong?" And they cut (laughs) to like pitch black darkness with the dad just yelling, "Get to the bridge if you want to live!" And And then the poor son goes, "But what about Prancer? Prancer belongs to the canyon now." And this poor little mule is floating away <laughs> down like a wild rapper and like danny mcbride can voice act his ass off he, absolutely he's not it's always like my the favorite. role he was born for yeah yeah he's not always my favorite like in some of the other like what was the dumb one that you watched not vice principles the one before that uh eastbound and down yeah King that Powers. one never did it for me that was yeah. like su- it's worse than it's always sunny for me in terms huh. of like dumbass yeah stuff but he like he really owned this role yeah. it's, and then they had the whole shtick where the the pug they like are pranking him and trying to have the pug like <laughs> lick him in his face like anytime that they can and uh yeah i i will say that i i appreciate that this a lot of animated movies really struggle to strike the balance of being enjoyable for kids and adults and yeah. i think some movies rely on like innuendo and things that i'm like oh i don't you know what i mean like a joke that will go over a kid's head but apparent well i don't know i feel like a lot of them like i laugh but i go like oh like it's not appropriate for a kid's movie this one yeah i don't know if this is really a kid's movie middle grade yeah i'm just saying that this one i think struck a really good balance of a lot of the humor just seemed really universal yeah like that one is just funny like yeah. you don't there's not something you have to get there's not something you it have just to... it it hit me hard because <laughs> anytime i try to go on a vacation and do something fun 
there's always like a 60% chance that it's going to turn into a near death experience. Especially when horses and or canyons are involved. Horses, canyons, or paddleboards are pretty much my three nemesis. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it just seemed to like capture a lot of the universal like family road trip experience and just like it's not slapstick i don't even know what the type of humor it is yeah but just like situational comedy like right. really funny situational comedy that you yeah. don't have to be like an adult to understand it or you don't have to be a kid to think it's dumb enough like a fart joke or something right. no. like yeah, i thought right. the humor in this movie like was really on point in terms of being funny for my middle schoolers yeah and still being funny for us to watch with a baby who was not yeah. paying attention and the parents are like caricatures but they still have a lot of depth in terms of like their relationships and, and struggles like, with the, the kids. mom is the hero at the end that's one of my favorite parts of the I didn't movie really like like the last 20 minutes of the movie but my rudolph getting to become sort of a screwdriver superhero was pretty cool yeah i think there was like a few too many twists at the end with technology stuff my biggest issue was that the dog dog bails them out in many ways in too many ways in too many scenes. that's the thing part that the middle schoolers thought the was the funniest dog bread dog bread dog bread like pig, the kids dog pig yeah bread. dog pig pig bread dog like my kids quoted that for the last like two months of Man. the school year so that's the part they found the funniest gotcha was that part um but even like the technology and like the memes and the internet humor like some of the stuff that I'm sure, like, the kids would have laughed at, I didn't really laugh at. But, like, it's still... It's the dad trying to use the computer. The dad trying to... And he turns it into Spanish. <laughs> and, and yeah. And, like, the mom getting to be the badass at the end. Like, the parents kind of get to be the heroes. Like, they're not... They're not just the villains. Like, in Starfish, the mom was just straight up a villain and That's had true. a little bit of a redemption. No, this one has pretty much nuance. Like, there's times when the daughter goes too far. Is it raining or what's happening? Just windy. Some weird sounds out there. Fireworks. Fireworks. Um, there's times when, like, the daughter oversteps and, like, lets her kind of angst lead to something really negative. There's times when the dad oversteps and does something that's going to annoy his kids. And there's times when the mom, like, doesn't know if she's supposed to step in or not yeah. and is a little bit too passive. And then you have, like, the kind of cute, weird little brother. And, yeah. And for me... Um, with a father who can be a challenge to be in the same car with on occasion. And, like, the planning aspects. Right. Um, but at the same time, if I did have to, like, make a roster for people to help me in the apocalypse, he's, like, the closest to a uh, prepper. prepper that I know. Yes. So, in that respect. So, yeah, I think I think it did a good job balancing and not having, like, one-note characters where the dad is just evil and the mom's just a crafty person or whatever the whole there was just it was just a little bit too long there was one too many climaxes the whole thing with like the furby and the mall i was gonna say the mall scene is like pretty good but then when you know it's like kind of just the middle of the movie it's like there's a lot of good comedy in terms of mall mall humor if that's a genre and like 90s and 2000s like nostalgia um so i think there's a little something for everyone i think like this kind of seems like a better version of inside out to me mm because in that one you have like parents who are like worried they're screwing up their kids and their kids don't really like their parents and there's a lot of emotions but yeah i would rewatch this movie before i would rewatch inside out yeah and i think um i forgot i was gonna say that's okay yeah some of the technology stuff like you said was like a little too much yeah um but 
I did enjoy it. It's definitely rewatchable because there's enough funny bits that you can be like, oh, the next funny part is coming up. So there's definitely enough funny parts to like sustain for a rewatch or you can kind of just have it on the background and then catch the funny parts. Yeah. Um, There's just, yeah, one too many endings, I think. Similar Um, to Into the Spider-Verse where I was just like, what is this this movie? Is this the end? Yeah. And I'd be interested to see like how well it ages because it does have a lot of kind of like internet humor and internet memes. But a lot of the more themes of it are, are pretty universal in terms of wanting to, to be your own person and wanting to and how to balance your dreams with like what your family wants you to be. And mm-hmm. um, and I mean, really, the, the meaning of it overall is that like you don't have to like have the perfect life and be completely put together in order to like be a worthwhile human being like a lot of the kind of the jokes in the movie are about like how they're like the worst possible family to have to save the world yeah um and yet like the perfect instagram perfect family like immediately gets captured (laughs) um looks good doing it but like that's Mm -hmm. chrissy teigen and, and john legend but um jail but they aren't the ones that save the world. It's like there, there is a, a lot of good messaging about how like who you are is enough and yeah. like accept the good things about you and the bad. Mm-hmm. And the scene where the dad gives up his log cabin. That was, that part was so sad. Yeah. That gave like more depth to the dad too mm-hmm. of, of like this. He's doing his best yeah. with the changes, I with mean, the sacrifices know, he had to make. I know becoming a parent turns you into like an old curmudgeon in a lot of ways, but like, what was I saying this in the context of earlier today where all these books and and forms of media have like parents as like the de facto I guess it's the book the I'm reading villains. right now yeah um the de facto villain because it's like well obviously the parents don't understand the children and so they're they're the enemy yeah and as a parent I'm like oh why do they have to be the enemy and and here there was just a lot of I don't know a lot of a lot of context and a lot of dimension yeah. it wasn't it wasn't they're bad and I'm good or I'm I think from the credits bad. it seemed like like the minds behind it certainly used a lot of their own um yeah they had all the family pictures at the end yeah. from family road trips like all the yeah. writers and the cast even so had, I'm like, sure a lot was inspired from from true stories well not like the entire Hopefully plot not, yeah <laughs> um there was something else I was gonna say and I, I've kind of forgotten it but um I would recommend it I mean if you have like elementary or middle middle school kids i think this would be a good one to watch as a family because it yeah. does have part humor for both but even if you're just like a bored adult and you want a like funny movie it's to watch basically our target audience for this um, podcast bored so. adult, yeah <laughs> i mean we watched it like on a saturday morning while we were doing some other stuff and mm-hmm. while the baby was running around and um yeah i enjoyed it. it was it was worth a watch for sure okay babe i'm coming up to an hour yeah i think that's good i uh, do we have anything upcoming to look forward to aside from Ted Lasso season two? Um, what do you think? Your family doesn't listen to this podcast. How do you think we're planning to watch season one and two with them? What do you think they're going to think? We'll have to see how they feel after a couple episodes. Uh, my dad was my sports coach for many sports for many years. Right. So I think he doesn't will... particularly like soccer, though, does he? No, that was the one sport he never coached me for. Interesting. Because he didn't know soccer. He didn't grow up with soccer. Soccer was not popular in our parents' age when they were younger, or at least when my dad grew up. So that was the one sport that he didn't coach because he didn't feel like he knew Sounds like episode 100 has its its guest figured out then. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I think they, they like a good sports drama. Um. 
Well, with comedy, you don't know you don't know England. if it's funny or not because they won't laugh out loud. True, my parents don't really. Right, show the their fact emotions. that they've been to London, just were in London. Yeah. Um, and as I said on the other podcast, ago, this show made me your other think podcast. I liked the other episode. Think I liked London, which is an impressive thing for a show to do. Sure. Um, the other thing that I want to watch with my parents is the Disney Plus new the reboot of Turner and Hooch. Mm-hmm. You don't remember that one? No, I Tom don't think Hank, I've ever seen detective. it. Detective, he's got a big. Uh, I could regurgitate all that. But that's all I know. Anyways, and Moana too, or whatever it's called. What? The other one that you won't stop talking about on Disney Plus. You're like, I want to watch Ruana. The fuck are you talking about? There's another Disney movie or something that you wanted to watch. Raya and the Last Dragon. Yeah, that one. It's not Moana. Okay. It's like a totally new feature film gotcha. luca luca is the other one on disney plus that okay. i want to watch they're all blending together for me um and the other one that i had you made me lose my place in my notes gosh rowana <laughs> um the other one that i saw oh, there's, there's a new turner and hooch it has um josh gad drake no drake and josh one of them just got arrested as not pedophile. the one that got arrested okay. the other one josh bell drake bell Josh something. Wow. Um, it has him. It has Vanessa Lenkies from Glee. I know a lot of Glee people, and that's not one of them. Oh, babe. Costar rewatch. Oh, then Glee? we'll have a spinoff podcast. Okay. No, I don't want that 1989 one. Oh my gosh. Josh Peck. Great name. Josh Peck, and you know who Vanessa. I never know how to pronounce her last name. She's a late... This one. Late Glear? Oh, yeah. I never know her. Summer Candy. What was her name? <laughs> it's definitely not Summer Candy. Um, Cookie? What was her name on the show? That was a weird name. Sugar. Sparkle? Sugar. Sugar Mata. Anyway, so I would like to watch the TV show of Turner Hooch with Dis- on Disney Plus with my parents. I think they would like that one. The other one that I definitely don't want to watch with my parents, but I was intrigued by it. I think it's going to be a little too bloody for me. Okay. The Harder They Fall. It's like mm-hmm. a black cowboy western. Mm-hmm. Um, and based on the trailer, they like go and like, you know, Robin Hood style and like free the black fugitives and kill all the white deputies. Mm-hmm. And it has Lakeith Stanfield in it, who I like and gotcha. stuff. Um, but I think it might be. I think I might need you to watch it for me. Hmm. Maybe we should combine that with Butch casting the Sundance Kid. I finally, knew that was coming. <laughs> um, so that's the other one that I had for upcoming. Awesome, babe. We'll see you here next time. Yeah, it's gonna be a minute, but um, enjoy these last two episodes, and we'll be back at you with a very special episode one hundred. It's gonna be so special. And um, Manuel will be here. <laughs> He could be here anytime. Um, he's actually house sitting for us. Um, we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll make some plans. We'll let you know. Uh, thanks for listening, as always. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Peace out. Bye.